welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. Hello! And today we're talking about volume 17 of To Your Eternity. Here we are again. I think this is maybe the slowest releasing series out of the ones that we're covering or that, that mm, we're caught probably. up with, maybe. So it's been a while, but man, uh, I'm, I'm super happy to, to get into this. Do you have anything you want to say before we get into the character discussions? I think that this uh, cliffhanger really killed me. I mm. when when I was reading it, it just went by. Those like last few pages went by so quickly. Yeah. And then it's the end, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, no. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> right. It's kind of frustrating, especially since uh. I don't think we're gonna get another volume for a, a while yet. So it's kind of frustrating, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I guess that's good to leave on a a juicy cliffhanger in a way. But man. <laughs> Yeah, and it is fitting, or, or, or rather, it is, um, I guess it's keeping the trend of the previous volumes of this arc, with ending it on, with, with Mizuha kind of in a, in a in more or less intense situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, 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 that was great. And yeah, we probably won't get to the next volume until next year at some point. Hopefully early next year, but who knows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very well then. Let's start by talking about Fushi. When he finally reconnects with his friends at the start of this book, he... He doesn't really understand why they aren't all living happily the way they live. And um, mm. I still don't think he quite understands kind of the idea of, well, depression or other reasons, I guess, for not being perfectly content with life. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end, or during this book, I think he's at least starting to understand it a little bit, but he's still got, I guess, some ways to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I won't say that he understands perfectly. But I do feel like he has come to a better understanding of, you know, it's possible for people to be in a a situation that is, you know, relatively comfortable and yet still have some, you know, kind of mental issues going on. Right. Um, and I sure. think that's important for kind of the the main antagonist in a way of this arc being Mizuha, um, as that she has every, basically everything for her, but she's going through a lot of stuff mentally speaking yeah um and obviously we understand that it's a very tough time for her but i think seeing his own friends and the people that he cares about deeply go through some of these trials in their own lives maybe will help him understand better not just his friends but also mizuha's situation right yeah i think yeah both both fushi and mizuha have have things that they need to learn i guess or kind of come to terms with that they haven't yet. Mm -hmm. But I, w I will say that for Fushi and his friends, at, at the end of kind of, it, it felt like it was like a little bit of, a, of an arc, you know, kind of a, a, a couple chapters that, that was dealing with Fushi kind of letting go in a way. Yeah. Um, when he gets a, a smartphone and is talking to Gugu, mm -hmm. that kind of felt like really satisfying and, and almost like a... a yeah an ending to that kind of trial for him. Not to say, I'm not saying that he perfectly understands what people are going through now, but I, I feel like he's in a better place. He himself is in a better place mentally, and I think that he's a little better at understanding uh, how people feel. Yeah, and like having now understood that some of his friends have desires for various reasons to leave Yanome, I think he has understood that even if his friends can live forever, nothing will really last forever exactly the way it is, kind of. 
like mm-hmm. everyone living in the same house together, for example, that isn't going to last an eternity, even if they all live for an eternity. And like, as he imagined March growing up into adulthood, like that was, I think, really the best kind of visualization of things will change kind of regardless. And I, I really enjoyed seeing Fuji kind of come to that realization. And, and as you said, throughout those chapters, come to terms with it and letting go of Gugu like that. Or not letting go, but, well, well, par- <laughs> well partially letting go in, in a partially. sense. Partially. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the, yeah, it was great, great growth. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard to see him really struggle with potentially people leaving him in a way. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like, Fuji, you know, you, you feel bad for him. But also, you could tell that he, it's not quite the right, well, right, right and wrong are, are so subjective. But, you know, it, it's just not the, people don't work that way, you know. People do, you know, kind of move on in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's just life. Yeah, it's just life. What I like about that section as well and his kind of growth is how comparable it is to Hayase and uh, Musaha. Precisely. Just the, their mm. whole thing. And that's why I like the cover of this because it harkens back to I forget which cover it is, but the one with Hayase is on it and she's sitting on a chair. Right, yeah, volume five. It, it's it's a stark or it's a pretty close uh, comparison to that. Mm-hmm. And when I when I first saw the volume, I was like, why? I I I figured what they were going for, but I was also like, why? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> why? Why this kind of volume? I don't get it. Um, and then it took me, it took me reading the whole volume and then coming back to it. Um, and actually right before I started reading again, I was like, oh, that's why mm. understanding because his kind of possessiveness of not letting people go away and treating his friends as kind of his own, uh, was comparable to Hayase. Now I'm not, now he's not as bad as Hayase was or anything like that, but you could definitely see the, you know, maybe the the similarities in that. And I think yeah. he himself realized that and, de- and was determined to change in that way. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I think he also kind of, for the first time, really kind of allowed himself to, to, sh- to feel or at least to show those kind of selfish desires um, mm. in this one. Because up until now, really the only thing, the only desire of his that we really, I guess or at least from what I can remember right now, that he's really expressed before has it's been... It's been so long. Right. <laughs> it's been the desire to, well, to make all of his friends' dreams come true, which obviously is mentioned in this book as well. But it, like, mm-hmm. that's been like his long-time goal, kind of, more or less. And I think that is a very selfless wish or, or dream. So I guess it makes sense for him to have a more selfish dream as well. Which, I mean... <sighs> I, I, I do kind of also think that the dream that his dream of of wanting his friends' dreams to come true, I think is maybe not a dream that he should hold on to too tight, I guess. I think he didn't under he doesn't or in that moment he didn't quite understand what that means. His idea was that they would stay with him and never have anything wrong happen, have everything provided for them. Yeah. And, you know, that they would be living their dreams in that aspect. But Tonati makes an interesting point where when people pursue their dreams, they have, you know, pain and anxiety. And that's, and, he, and she explains, that's why, you know, you're chasing your dream as well. And that's why you also have pain and anxiety um, about all this. 
So I think Fushi is coming or has come to understand that in order for his dream to be true and that they, they, his friends live out their dreams is very, very complicated here (laughs) (laughs) that he needs to let go. He needs to let them experience pain and anxiety, but also, you know, let them, if they need to roam free, let, let them do so or however it may, let them live their lives. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't know if this dream, because Tonari also says in this, um, in this volume that, and in and, and the same scene that you were talking about, that their dreams will come true without Fushi's help. Mm. Kind of regardless of whether he supports, well, well, I, I guess he can support them without having that as his main goal, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess with that, like, yeah, they, they can reach their goals and dreams even without Fushi having that as like his main drive. And I think that's really true. And I think Fushi deserves to have a main goal that's a bit more selfish than the one he's been having. And by that, I don't mean that it should be as extreme as to live with all of his friends forever and ever, but, well, more selfish than just wanting to fulfill everybody else's dreams. Like, something in between living with everyone for eternity and making everybody's dreams come true. Something in between there, because I think the two dreams that he had, or yeah, the ones that were dealt with in this volume were both extreme in various ways. They were like in completely different ways. And I think Hmm. neither is exactly really good, maybe. I I guess it's Hmm. debatable, but I don't know. I think Hmm. if he he could find a goal or a dream that is something else other than those two, then maybe that might make it better for him. Like, maybe he'd feel better going after a goal like that, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what kind of goal that that could be. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is to become more like the Beholder. Or, Precisely. Or maybe it's, you know, something a little more temporal. Yeah, have, have a family? I, like an actual family? I don't know. Right, yeah, exactly. Because I was thinking that something... Like, depending on what his dream might be, his other new potential dream might be, then maybe that's something that can help him grow to understand humans better than he does at the moment. And if it's mm-hmm. something like what you said, like having a family or something, then that, I think, is definitely an example of something that would help him understand humanity and humans in general better. Yeah. Plus, it would be interesting to have a Fushi and child kind of arc, maybe be, I don't know. Yeah. Just see how he handles the you know the life of a human being that he helped create exactly seeing them go from you know birth to death mm. um yeah Oof. yeah that that'd, <laughs> that'd be interesting well i mean we did see him becoming a turtle mom in this <laughs> volume <laughs> uh, dude you called it <laughs> i guess i guess i did <laughs> at least i think i remember you saying that uh that they would come back into the stories in some way? I, I may have, yeah. <laughs> Been so long, but yeah, I think I remember saying something about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just a short thing, but it was sweet. And something I liked in that scene was also how, while he was naming all of the turtle babies, he <laughs> he mentioned that he should name the horse at some point, too. Yeah, yeah. And and that that's kind of been brought up before, I think. I think... Mm-hmm. Aiko has mentioned like oh the horse should have a name or something like that at some point before and like at least this isn't the first time that this is brought up into the story and so I feel like it's got to happen at some point like there's no doubt in my mind that the horse will get a name other than horse 
at some point. Right. Um, and I wonder if it might end up being Pioran. Mm. Like, if it, if it might, if Fushi might understand or something. And, and or, or, or just feel like the horse behaves like Pioran, which it does. And may name, name it after her without necessarily knowing that it is Pioran's fire. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. Mm -hmm. It is interesting to see how he goes from not really caring to name the horse or just <laughs> thinking horse is horse is horse. Right. <laughs> uh, to actually when the when the children were or the, the turtle children were born, uh, you know, no ninja turtle power here, unfortunately. But no. <laughs> when they when they were born, he automatically starts naming them. Basically. Right. Yeah. First thing kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So I don't know what's exactly changed from that moment to here, um, but he seems may maybe he's finally getting the concept. And like you said, he turns to the horse. It's like we gotta name you too. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. I'm excited to see what he names it, as well as potentially what that means for him as a character. Yeah. Or for his character. I mean, maybe this is like maybe these are early signs to him pointing to him becoming a parent eventually. Maybe. Like leading into that in a way. Mm. Who do I want to be like that? Before the turtles were born, that's oh, what yeah, he was yeah. contemplating. So I get that can potentially be another goal for him or the goal for him. Um, I don't know exactly if he's going to be like I want to be like the beholder because I don't think he really has the the greatest image of that person. Right. So who? Or what concept is he going to want to uh, follow? It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. what, what Who does he have as his role model? I mean, there, he has plenty of friends and, you know, Gugu, Bon, um, Tonari. Like, they're, they're great role models in, in various extents. But I don't know. I don't know who he would think to be like, I want to be that guy. Or yeah. I want to be this kind of person. You know? Precisely. Yeah, man, that's something I really hope that he'll find an answer to soon. Yeah. He, he starts to take his normal life seriously, you know, like his, the, the alter ego life, mm -hmm. going to school, even dyes his hair, which <laughs> I kind of don't like, to be honest. Like, not, I mean, he's fine in black hair. It's more so that conforming to stupid uh, school rules like that especially when the white hair is his natural hair color true for uh, sure i mean to almost credit that definitely is a thing that happens in japan you know it's mm. frustrating but it, it it does happen that is so strange so i don't know if she's if if this is more of like a this is just the way it is or is mm. this a maybe maybe she's trying to make a statement precisely I, yeah i don't know yeah, uh, I don't. I don't like the idea of doing that. But either way, I, that's such a that's not my new thing. But yes, <laughs> yeah, no. But I I agree though. Mm. Yeah, making sure he's conforming or you know, getting into the school life, be, being a normal middle schooler. Hmm. Very well. Let's talk about Mizuha next. Okay. Oh my gosh, the first we saw of her in this volume was so disturbing and creepy. Oh. Like sewing that Fushi oh. body together while singing happy birthday to herself. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm. She's reaching new levels of psychopath. Oh, this... That was very, oh my gosh. very disturbing. You know what else was disturbing? Was that a bowl of fingers? Mm. I'm so confused because she reaches and eats something and then 
later on, another panel, she's like spitting. Uh, is that a finger out? I'm so confused. I thought it looked like that too, but I was really unsure. Because <laughs> it, it, yeah, that is strange, right? That's so weird. Why would she suddenly be eating fingers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, th I also thought it looked like that. So it pro since we both saw it, then it probably is that, I guess. Ah, uh, man, Mizuha. Oh, I, I can't. You can't really tell what's in the bowl. It it's really strange looking. Yeah, like I mean, because I I thought like it may it may just be like other, I guess human body parts, maybe. Yeah. But man, why? Why? Yeah, big question. Why? <laughs> why? <sighs> yeah, not fun. Because. Uh, Either way you look at it, that looks like a finger with the fingernail on it. Like that's yeah, yeah, and that uh, one definitely. I don't know, man. That's that's a bit too much. A bit too much, Mizuha. A bit, a bit too much. Yeah, I mean, this volume, assuming that is what it is, which I mean, yeah, it looks like it is. Um, I feel like this volume went gorier. Uh, in some aspects uh. than the than I think this manga has been before. First, firstly, there's this that we've been talking about, which is a yeah, pretty mm -hmm. pretty gross. But there was also you know when when Tonari shot the fake Fuji, and like yeah. the whole like you saw like the bones and thing coming out of the out of like the wound and like where mm. it was shot. I thought that that was pretty gory, like compared to stuff mm -hmm. that we've seen before in this. Uh, but I thought it was great. Yeah, very creepy. Um, definitely new love. Like. It's almost taking Mizuha to the lowest of lows in order to maybe, hopefully, potentially reach her up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But... She's so interesting in that way because, mm. yeah, can she, will she make it? Oh, my gosh. What if, <sighs> I don't know if, if they would be able to collect enough examples, but what if they had just been collecting pieces of Fushi? And the stuff, and they just eat oh. Fushi. Oh. Like, not only did, did she make a puppet, but she's also like eating parts of. Oh, oh Fushi's body part. I mean, dude, if that. At least she's not murdering people. <laughs> if that's what it is, then it would make sense, sort of. If, if she's eating specifically Fushi's body, uh, yeah. it would make sense, actually. Man, I hadn't thought of that. That's really interesting. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. She's taking Vore to another level, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Yes, you are. On this podcast, you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. Now, that I, I, I can't confirm that, of course. No, That's no, of just... course, of course. But, I mean, I like that explanation. Me trying to make sense of it. Yeah, uh -huh. right, yeah. I mean, I think it's the best explanation we've uh, discussed so far. <laughs> As as for that, <laughs> definitely. Oof. Hmm. Mm. But yeah, I I thought it was really sad to see how distrustful Miso had become of Fushi when they met here. Yeah. Because during, I'm pretty sure during those specific scenes when she, I, I guess expressed feeling that way, I'm quite sure it was Mizuha and not the knocker speaking in those instances. Um. Mm. And even after Fushi showed her the photos and the album, she still, mm -hmm. you know, she still doesn't believe Hana. And the others, you know, they mm -hmm. 
she, she thinks they don't care about her, even though it's, I think it's very clear that they do. But I think, I think that's real or, well, with some people who suffer from mental disorders and, and depression sort of, and well, and yeah, and other mental disorders, yeah. it is something mm-hmm. that sadly does happen. And I think Oima kind of captures that really accurately uh, in Mizuha here. And like, she has been capturing it really well throughout this arc as well. But I think, yeah, in this, in this volume, showing that kind of distrustful side and kind of doubtful side hit really hard for me. I thought it was excellently done and just felt really, it felt real and felt, it made me really sad to see it. Yeah. Before this volume, I kind of have given up a little bit on truly understanding which one is at the forefront. Like, you know, who's, who's actually controlling Mizaha? Is it Mizaha or is it, is the knocker at this point? Cause mm. it's gotta be going back and forth. Right. Um, and so for this one, yeah, going or this whole scene, I I was just under the impression that it had to be Mizaha who was who was feeling this way, right? And then little later in that scene, there were there were times when Mizaha was just like straight up speaking like a villain, and I'm quite mm. sure that in those instances it was the knocker speaking. At least that's what I'm choosing to think. Oh yeah, I don't know. Because it was very like <laughs> like almost stereotypically villainous, like true. Like, Ooh, let's this is this will be fun if if they manage to escape. I'll let one of you go. Like you know, like all, all those things and kind of really just laughing, kind of evilly. Mm. <laughs> like it, I'm, I felt like that was more likely the knocker than Misa herself. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. So maybe yeah. there is a bit of switching back and forth, but it just. A bit. There's no, there's no indication really, other than I guess you know, that did sound more evil, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But there's no like twitch or there's no, no glimmer or anything. Like it's just, it's it's so impossible to to tell exactly. Yeah, that's what makes the knockers in this area so, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I will say, I was a little bit confused by the very end of this volume. Kind of the last know, few pages were you as well? Were you also a bit confused or? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think I I think I implied it at the very beginning of our of the podcast. Right. It went so fast. It did. It did go fast, especially when you you flip the page and suddenly her dad is falling down, and he seems well, to he have... shot himself. Right. That's what I also concluded. But why? Yeah, is my I, question there. Why know. did he suddenly shoot himself in the mouth? And, and I guess what happens after that is that Fushi just takes action quickly and kind of making use of the distraction, I suppose. And he's the mm-hmm. one to kill the knocker cages. I assume that Fushi does that quickly and that, like, right after. And then summoning the castle of Renriel. Oh, so that's what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the castle part kind of confused me. Like, well, where did that come from? <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, it, I'm... Quite sure that's the the top of the Renriel castle, but mm. but still, Fushi must have at, t- taken action really quickly after after Misa's dad shot herself. Which I mean, I guess I I can buy that. It's almost as if he had a plan from the very beginning, right? Which is kind of a uh, uncharacteristically smart for for, for, <laughs> for Fushi to be honest. Um, but hey, yeah, maybe going into it, and that's why he was so willing to show him show himself letting go of his connection right um yeah yeah that he he had already kind of planned this all out he just he was writing waiting for 
the right moment. Um, obviously, I, I don't think he expected the the dad to shoot himself. Um, yeah. That is so. That part is so confusing because Mizaha or the knocker says, mm. uh, "Oh, that's no fair. You can't go into paradise before us. Come on." And almost almost thinking that their plan was to just everyone kill each other, or 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 I don't know. Like, I'm not exactly sure what she thought at that moment. But what brings my confusion even greater is, is the fact that Mizuha's mom is like, no, honey, I love him and, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. And so is that, was that the knocker talking or did suddenly Mizuha's mom get back into the body? Like, right, I, exactly. That, that's also like the maybe even a bigger what the hell uh, than yeah. her father shooting himself. Is that because I don't I don't see a reason why Misa's mother's fi would would suddenly be able to re-enter the, the body? First of all, yeah, I I don't. It doesn't make sense. That that doesn't make sense. So that only leaves out the option of it being the knocker saying this, which is really interesting if that's the case because I don't know. We haven't seen a knocker express love or anything like that before, have we? I don't, I don't think so. We, we know that they've been driven by emotion. I think that's something that's been established, but mm. it's been unclear as to what type of emotion. But yeah, I guess maybe that this ties into that, actually. I hadn't thought of it until I just said it, but mm, man, yeah, I'm expecting a lot of answers in the next volume, or, well, I'm hoping, <laughs> at least. I, I'm hoping. Uh, I mean, look, they can't, they can't just like, and now let's go see what Bone is doing. <laughs> like, you know, like, Dude, no. Let's just go see what you said that. Doing. Just because you said that, they're probably gonna do that. Ah, dang it. <laughs> she would do that too. Oh, it's gonna be him in a TV studio somewhere, uh, like in a different country, <laughs> fighting the Church of Bennett. Yeah, you know, and, right. And then we'll see Goo Goo and how things are going yeah. and or whatever. Uh, but yeah, no. This ending was very wacky. And it really related to Miso's parents in various regards, mm. like the two of them, their actions and, and words, I guess, are very confusing and interesting. Make it make sense, Petter. Make it make <sighs> sense. I can't wait until the next volume. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a long wait, but... <sighs> it's frustrating. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, well. And it's... Yeah, for, for me, it's... It, maybe I expressed this already, but it, it's while I do think this volume is very good, it's also like it's I I, I almost feel cheated. It's <laughs> in a way, it's like it's not fair to make me wait this long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's gonna be worth it. Something that Mizu or probably a knocker actually while in Mizu's body, uh, say says that their new goal is to take over all humans. Or well, it doesn't say exactly those words, but. It seems like the knocker's new goal is to take over all of humans uh, in order to make yeah. the world a better place. Not just humans who are suffering in various ways, but just humans in general, mm -hmm. because they, they just see that as the only solution to making the world better. Mm. So that's interesting knowing that. But it made me wonder, I guess, if they have the resources to do that, I, I guess, why hadn't they already done that um and i guess an explanation to that might be because they've 
been growing their numbers and kind of they haven't been able to take over, I guess, every human until recently, until now, mm. perhaps. But yeah, still interesting to know about that being their their new goal or their current goal. Yeah. How can we fight them? Well, I mean, supposedly Fushi could have the ability to destroy them. Yeah, right. Like uh, like uh, like what the beholder did. Mm. But you but know, he needs to learn that. Not quite there yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Anything else on Mizuha? That's all I have. Then moving on to Tonari, she points out to Fushi that pain and doubt are kind of natural because we're all human. And again, we kind of touched on this earlier. And she she doesn't seem to think that those should disappear. Um, and I think that that's a very kind of a very a very human take on it. And maybe even something like maybe something that only a human can understand. Um, or or maybe even something that only a human who has lived for a long time can understand because obviously mm. she has lived for in total probably definitely over 100 years or wait no but she has lived for a long time uh may- maybe almost 100 years actually anyway she she has a lot of life experience so it, it makes sense for her to i guess have you know accepted this and come to that conclusion mm. but i think fushi still needs some time to accept this like i think he is still on his way to accepting it, as I we've kind of touched on. But it, it was nice to see, I guess, to hear those words from Tonari. And something else that she mentioned in that conversation was how Fushi wanting to, I guess, get rid of those feelings, or get, well, get rid of pain, is similar to the knocker's goal. Mm. I just thought that was interesting, how it's really the same. But obviously, they have different ways to go about it. I just think it's... The knocker's idea of suffering and what Fushi is thinking what suffering is are a little different, I think. Yeah. Um, the knockers think life is just suffering in general. Existence is suffering. Right. Yeah. But Fushi doesn't think that. That's true. So Fushi does also see the, the good parts of it. Yeah. True. But you're right. She says that you can't, you can't really live life without suffering. I think that in terms of my own philosophy that you need the bad in order to see the good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that we should try to fill our things with bad things so that the good <laughs> things seem better, but no. it's more so that, you know, we have happiness because we can compare it to times where we haven't felt as, as great. Right. Um, and so like, you know, pain and suffering can also be great motivators for us to, become better or um, try to try to find that happiness in our lives and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I feel like you can't have one without the other. Um, I mean, at the same time, I'm not going to try to make sure everyone is suffering. Um, so trust <laughs> me, this is for your own good. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think that um, it's, it's unavoidable in a way, just kind of a how the world works. Right. Situation. Exactly. Like pain and suffering will will come to us even if we don't seek it out. That's kind of yeah, it is just kind of part of life, sadly. Yeah. But as you say, yeah, thanks to that, I think we do enjoy other parts of life even more. Right. And speaking of kind of the the pain that 
uh, Tonati is hinting at feeling. Well, what what are your thoughts about it? Because she says that when she got the young form, uh, she also got new warriors to go along with it, but she didn't want to tell Fushi about him. Mm-hmm. She wants to keep it to herself. Yeah. So, what what are you, any thoughts about that? <laughs> I mean, of course, of course, I have some thoughts about that, <laughs> and of course, those thoughts are, you know, her potential romantic feelings for Fushi. Heck yeah! <laughs> I gave it some. Heck yeah! I gave it some thought, and I couldn't honestly couldn't think of anything else that it could mean. Did you have any other idea what it could mean, or or do you think that's the only thing? Well, I think that's potentially the big thing, because um, it, it does feel like that's been hinted at big time in the previous volumes. Yes. But if she is implying other things, I thought, well, maybe the the just studying and being back in, in a social life uh, or in being part of society, that can give people some anxiety, and maybe she just didn't want to burden him at all with that kind of stuff for whatever reason. I guess the other thing is maybe a little more like biological, you know, natural. <laughs> maybe just as a woman, she deals with certain type of things. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> fair. Know, something that's depending on when she died or, or I can't don't know the age. Like maybe she went past that part in her life. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I mean, maybe, although I, I don't think that is what she's referring to, even though I, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it would make sense as well. I don't, think well no actually i don't I, I definitely don't think that because she also said other than not wanting to tell fushi about it she also said that he might be able to help her with it ah maybe you could yeah 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 and also she says this problem is mine alone which is something you you probably would say if it's like more like so feelings based than anatomy based <laughs> maybe right i don't know yeah but no i I when I first read it, I was there right there with you. <laughs> right. Like, oh, let's go. <laughs> or poor Tonati, or I don't. I don't even know. Like, clearly the moment is not right for her to, if she does confess these feelings, you know. Yeah. This is the right time. Yeah, not right now, but but sometime one day. I hope so. <laughs> so there is a part where, when she's going to check. Fushi's body, um, she's taking a, a, a can of or case of kerosene. Mm. I feel like that's going to play a, a role, and maybe this should have been saved for predictions, but I feel like it's going to play a role <laughs> in, in the next volume. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seemed too specific, kind of. Exactly. Uh, I agree. And although, didn't they say that the container was empty? There, but there was like four or five other containers, unless they're all empty. Um. Oh. Um, in ah. in that storage room. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. To to assume that there's gonna be something there. Because it just seems so random. Otherwise, like she was going to that. She was trying to go to that room. <laughs> yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And it was just really cool to kind of see Tonari in action. Yeah. It's been uh, too long. Yeah. I love seeing badass Tonari. Yeah. I was so happy that she got all this focus in those last two chapters or what, whatever it was uh, here. It was awesome. I agree. Hey, you know, with the goo-goo out of the way, just just saying, you know, it's like, who else does he rely on? You know, Bond's always traveling around. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it could be the best. Uh... Anyway, I'll stop now. <laughs> uh, it's your chance, Tonati. Okay, now stop. 
Let's move on to Yuki Aoki next, then. So, when they made that photo album, or rather, when they got it back from Mizuha's dad, Uh one of the photos fell out of the album, uh, Mm. even though Yuki claimed that he had stuck all the pictures in real good. Mm -hmm. I was confused as to, like, what that meant. Because it seemed Mm -hmm. like it meant something. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas about that? I do. Give it to me. And actually, it has connection to the Ouija board as well. Oh! I think, I think that Misaha's mom is around. Izumi, Izumi is her name, right? Yeah. Izumi is, despite having shown that she's left, she's actually around. And it's not the other two that, I, I forget their names. They're sweet guys, but I can't, I can't remember their names. Oh, uh, Nixon. Uh, Finn, Finn, Finn and Nixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're around, but I would be surprised they're still captured or whatever. And I feel like it just makes sense, especially with that hint of the photo falling, that I'm not exactly sure if they can actually affect the physical world or not. Um, But if they can, then I feel like Izumi would be the one to have done that and then also guided them to where um, the entrance was. That's my theory. Mm. So she... So, so you, you're saying that in in her five form, she she took that photo out of the album. Yeah, in some somehow, like she was able to physically do that. Okay, I don't know how, but right, just a similar way how she was able to move the Ouija board. Exactly. If if yeah, whether that was her or or Finn and Nixon, right? But yeah, I. I well, that's what I'm saying. It's not Finn and Nixon. You're saying it's, I'm saying it's Izumi. Okay, okay, I. They theorize it's Fenn and Nixon, but I think right. they're still trapped or whatever. It was never confirmed that they escaped. It's true that they mentioned that they may have been trapped last time or whenever, one or two volumes back, whatever it was. But I wonder if they are, actually, because I feel like... Or did they get out? I don't actually remember, but regardless, I don't think that they should be able to be trapped. Because all fire equal... Well, that's why it was so weird, though. That's, that's why it was so weird. You know? Exactly. That is why it's weird. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's something we don't understand. True. True. You're right. At the very least, it's interesting to know that, because, because with the Ouija board, it, it definitely was, like, some someone was some affecting fi, it. Yeah. yeah. So th- that is really cool to actually know that, that the fight can actually affect the physical world, even if it's just a little bit. And it was, I thought it was so great how the Occult Research Club kind of brought up that board. Like it's so it's so fitting, and that they I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they necessarily believe or the 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 two guy other guys like I don't think they necessarily believed in it or like understood anything, but but they were just so into it anyway, which is funny. I wouldn't be surprised they did. They seem pretty, I don't know, uh, impressionable. Uh, actually, true uh, middle schoolers. <laughs> That's true. Actually, um, uh, definitely definitely not Hana, obviously, but right, right. Although they know Fushi and they know, like, so they, they are aware of, like, all these supernatural things. Like, they've seen Fushi shapeshift and all those sorts of things. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how much they know. <laughs> but, yeah, Yuki, Yuki is determined to confess his feelings to Mizuha. I mean, he has, it feels, like, it feels like he has been determined to do that for a long time now. But in this book, he really... Yeah, I know. It's almost a broken record. <laughs> it it, it is a broken record. I'm a little tired of it, to be honest. A little bit, but... <laughs> The lengths he went to in this volume were, I think, bigger than they had been before. So, true. Uh, 
that's something. Although, yeah, yeah, it's something. It does feel like that the Hana Mizuha relationship is more important than the, and has more weight than the uh, Yuki Mizuha. And it's almost mm. as if Yuki's just there to motivate Hana. Yeah. Um, to do something. Yeah, I agree with with that. However, I still think back to that time where Yuki and Mizuha were in like the club room or somewhere mm. and they had that kind of conversation about liking someone and it kind of had a connecting moment, but they'd never had anything really like that or at least that personal sense and it's mostly been Hana and and, and Mizuha stuff. So, right. I don't know. It does feel like that's I'm not saying like that's like the ship that they're going for. I mean, it could easily be. But I, I'm just saying it's, it's more so the focus is Mizuha and, and Hana, their, their relationship, their friendship. Right. It definitely feels that way. And I, I also hope that they'll continue that way. Even though Hana seems to be a smaller character than Yuki overall, I'm hoping for her to get more focused than Yuki, honestly. Um, at least in terms of their relationship to Mizuha. Do you really think that Hana is a smaller character than Yuki? I feel like Yuki has had more kind of time to shine overall than Hana has. Or he has m- more of a presence in this, in this arc than Hana has had. At least that's how it mm. feels to me um, overall. However, I think Hana's moments, like when she has been present, have usually been stronger than Yuki's. Even, exactly, even though yeah, I feel that, yes. He probably has more panel time, but she has more impact whenever she does appear. Exactly. So I guess I guess in that sense they may they may be kind of equal overall, uh, mm. ish. But mm. it just for as you know part of the team and and important Yuki is to Fushi and everything. It just it feels like he doesn't have a whole lot going on for him. Granted, he is a young middle schooler, so I get it. <laughs> and he's had he's had a couple moments um, and whatnot, but there's not a whole lot to him. Versus Hana, who, like you said, hasn't had as much screen time, but uh, when she is on there, it's just very fascinating to see mm. what's happening um, with her and, and Mizuha and um, exactly what is going on in, in her mind and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but uh, one other thing I have about uh, Yuki, and then I have another question, uh, just about the confession. It, yeah, he he is going to all these lengths. But it almost feels like it's it's becoming a joke, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. that. As he'll he'll confess, and she'll be like, "No," <laughs> and then that'll be it, you know. Um, and and maybe and maybe that's just no will be the end answer anyway. But there's gonna be no weight to it. It's just gonna be like I can see just being like a side panel type of thing. He's like, "Oh no, oh well," like you know that, that kind of a thing. I really hope that's not the case, but I'm worried. Well, like. Mm. Because it feels like there's just there's just been no importance placed on it, really. It, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking about it. I mean, I understand the worry. I think it, you know, it makes sense to worry about that based on everything you said. Like, explain how, yeah, they, yeah, their bond hasn't really been shown to be all that deep and all that. Uh huh. But the confession will come. Like, it's got to come after all of this build up. The confession needs to come, one way or another. I'm expecting it next volume. Yeah, and yeah. I, I guess I'll I'll keep up, up hope that it will be more than just a joke or a quick little thing. 
Yeah. Hopefully they will be able to have like a heart to heart conversation, even though they haven't had a lot of those before. It would still be nice yeah. if they could have that now or here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, oh, if she says no, or I'm, I'm not saying absolutely not saying that if she says no, then it's, it's, it's stupid. It's pointless. It's, you know, no, that's no. not, that's not what I'm trying to get. At. No, I understand that. It's more so the, the weight of it and everything. Right. Um, like, like, like the example you were giving is, is perfect. That that's, I would really like that. Yeah. And like, and that conversation can still result in a, in a rejection, which honestly, I sort of see that mostly actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be super surprised if it turns out that she has feelings after everything that's been going down, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I'd, I'd be like shocked. I think I would be too. Mm. And then my question was just, just for, clarification or repeating your own question did you have a idea of why the photo fell out oh yeah uh well i had some well a little bit of a thought my best guess was only that that misa's father may have taken that picture out like maybe to have a closer oh. look at it like maybe because he was reminiscing about the old days kind of missing the old days missing his real wife perhaps and stuff like that could have been that maybe maybe that, that's a very yeah, different no, answer that's from a good, yours but well no you're right um <laughs> and maybe the ouija board and this are separate things or maybe i was completely wrong about yeah. it. actually i like but i think i like both answers <laughs> but i think that's really cool if the dad is actually trying to give them a message in some way um whether it was intentional or not like maybe it was intentional maybe he left that picture out in hopes of trying to get fushi to or well, I guess you could argue that could be a trap. Like that—that that was their intention to get them to come. But, but maybe, <laughs> but maybe uh, because he's the one who shot himself, yeah. maybe he was trying to send out help in a way. Yeah, man, that'd be very interesting. I like that. that. Would be yeah, that would be really interesting. <laughs> um, Matt, yeah, he he is mysterious right now. Very well. Let's talk a bit about Hana next. I thought it was incredibly adorable and really, really satisfying to see how Hannah was playing with March, just like Perona used to do. Yes! That was so great. I mean, and since we've discussed before how, like, kind of the similarities with per Perona and Hannah, like the feather, hair tie, the hairstyle, the eyebrows, and I think you even speculated early on about maybe her eyes looking like, uh, like Perona's. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, and yeah, to see this here makes all of that even more credible, I think. Uh, right. Like the fact that she is supposed to be some, maybe not a descendant of Perona, but at the very least, well, maybe a descendant of a relative of Perona's. I'm thinking that if anybody doubted that Hana was, in a way, a reincarnation of Perona, right. or just looks like her, you know, do, you, do you still now, after all this? Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, to me, this is crystal clear evidence that Oima is hinting at some sort of similarity or some sort of uh, relationship with Perona. I'm not saying mm. like descendant per se, but maybe they're, you know, a fire returned or just, I, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why she looks like Perona or why she's here. But I feel like that whole interaction with March basically is a billboard on the highway saying like this is perona you know absolutely <laughs> yeah it was so adorable and we do see hana's eyes at the end there wait 
Did I miss that? Yeah. So, at, at the very the very last page. Oh, she said. I mean. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I mean ah uh, uh, I did see this. I don't know why I didn't think of that as being an eye reveal. But yeah, you you're right. <laughs> totally I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is the only angle you've ever had of her eye, but I mean. It, I mean, it's better than anything else that we had in this volume. Definitely. Uh, and yeah, like, again, since it's so long between the volumes of these these days, we do forget things sometimes. But yeah, I also mm -hmm. don't remember seeing her eyes before now. So yeah, at least as far as we're aware at the moment, this is the first time. And man, yeah, nice. And yeah, that, that definitely, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a strange angle, but I can definitely see that being, being Perona's eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> And that's why it would make the whole Mizaha and Hana thing so interesting because it would be Kahaku and, and uh, Perona. Precisely. Um, mm. Yeah. And that goes to the whole kissing scene from, um, or the, the forcible kissing scene from Mizaha. I think, with that, was that the last volume? I think it was the most recent one, yeah. It could be similar to her feelings for Fushi that the kahaku feelings for perona are coming out as well you know what i mean interesting yeah and and honestly i kind of could imagine it makes sense for well obviously we know that hayase's will lives on through through that fight yeah but i think it also makes sense to assume that maybe the other descendants of hayase before mizuha have also maybe put some of their own wills yeah. Uh, or desires onto this phi which could it could explain this so maybe some of of kahaku's uh, old you know desires for for perona oh, have been passed you know, on in addition to to hayase's old, older desires yeah <laughs> so that this plays an interesting idea into what does mizaha really want herself versus what is she being influenced to i mean right. she is mm. who she is and it's you know it's again hard to say to separate you know the the will of Hayase versus their own yeah will really true um but if this is an aspect where she kind of fights or comes to terms of what she really wants and not kind of these you know strange urges like she has with Fushi and potentially Hana maybe right then maybe the whole Yuki aspect comes in and that's something that she chooses versus that oh the the urges that that's just an idea i had uh, maybe that would make it a little more substantial yeah but, yeah or or have more weight to it all but i'd also be fine with her ha actually having feelings for hana in a way absolutely i mean but, yeah but but i i still like that idea that it, yeah her somehow realizing that this is more of her own feelings or something like that yeah but mm -mm, I don't maybe know. maybe <laughs> But I think right now, what's well, they're both they're both interesting. What Mizuha, how Mizuha really feels, but also how Hana really feels. It's as I was saying, Yuki is kind of a motivation for Hana to uh, talk to Mizuha, and whether she is actually going to say yes, I have feelings too, or maybe that's not maybe that's the right way to say it. like whether she's going to confess or just say I care for you deeply as a friend mm. um i want us to repair this uh friendship i think she, this is something that she needs to get off her chest i think that's where they're where we're leading to and 
um, I think Yuki kind of gave her the confidence to do that. It's almost like having a wingman in that, in that aspect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that is good. So. Although it is kind of, it would be kind of, uh, I didn't think about this until now. It would be really, I don't know, how, how do I put this? How would you feel if you encourage your friend to confess, they, they confess, get rejected, and then you confess to that person? <laughs> like, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, th- I don't think I would, con- I, I don't think I would encourage a friend of mine to confess to someone that I also had feelings for in the first place. That's what Han is doing if she does have if, those feelings. True. You know what I mean? Right. If she does, then yeah. And and, and but maybe if that's she the does case, then. oh, that's complicated. Oh, in that case. Very complicated. But yeah. maybe but maybe she doesn't. Maybe 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 it is just that re- let's repair this friendship kind of a thing. Right. And I mean I sort of got well actually, yeah. I guess last volume when um when Misa and Hana had that scene together that mm-hmm. I guess that that wasn't super clear I guess on Hana's feelings like I guess yeah no we didn't exactly get to understand exactly her feelings then and there hmm. yeah 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 other than she was upset you know uh, precisely yeah she was very upset because of what happened right before that well and also. Because I guess yeah, the, the situation itself was also a bit, a bit, a bit weird. But, but I mean, look, if, if someone someone kisses me, you know, I'd be I'd probably be upset too. It was a bad day, I guess, in general. <laughs> it was a bad day. It was a bad day. Yeah. Anything else on Hana? I guess same same topic. Uh, when Yuki says I'm going to confess, why why is she blushing there exactly, or why is she why is she flustered um, about all that? I. I guess it's just his intensity, no matter what. Maybe that's why she'd be flustered, and maybe or Could maybe be. she's just worried about, or it just has complex emotions about about Mizaha and their whole thing. And you know, do we push? Do we do we push the issue? Uh, do we leave her alone? Um, so yeah, maybe that's what it. But it's also just kind of gives you pause a little bit. It's like, why exactly is that true? Is that her expression? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess I could see it as being like she maybe she before this moment she wasn't necessarily planning on necessarily taking any big actions like that. But when mm. this all happened she kind of realized that yeah, we can actually do this. Like mm. I want to see her again. Kind of may, gotcha. maybe although but yeah, it is it is it is a hard one to to exactly understand right now, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this volume that are <laughs> hard to completely understand and i'm hoping yeah. the next volume is the kind of floodgates opening in in certain aspects <laughs> for sure <laughs> and shall we talk about messar next oh sure or well whose name i will never actually know how to exactly say is it messar <laughs> or messar or mess i don't know whatever anyway we know who we're, who we're talking about yeah, I like to see how mature and helpful and just really sweet he was in this volume. Yeah, like in a way we hadn't really seen a lot of before. Like he got gifts for Gugu and Hiro, which I thought was awesome because if I recall, last time he only gave gifts to all the girls. Oh yeah, uh, leaving Gugu and Hiro hanging. Uh, but now he actually <laughs> gave gifts to them, which was super super yeah. sweet. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, that was great. <laughs> and he he got uh he called for Bone to come back because he could tell that something was up with Fushi. Precisely. Yeah, he you wanted know? him to hurry it, back. Yeah. <laughs> it, it almost seems uh un un uh characteristic for him. Yeah. You know? I thought it was so sweet to see these things from him in this volume and also how he was good emotional support to Gugu uh early in this volume just giving him yeah. some good advice and yeah, just trying to make Gugu feel good. Yeah. Yeah, obviously not not a huge role, but still, what we got, I I was super happy with, and just huh. yeah, not not really like anything we've seen before, but still super nice. Yeah. Anyway, was that all on Messer? Yeah, that's it. Then let's talk about Gugu next. Oh man, I I really got emotional mm. in some of the Gugu sections. Just I don't know. I yeah. I'm I'm still just recovering from volumes three and four you know what i mean <laughs> i know i know what you mean <laughs> yeah and and really like being there being in the boozman's house in takunaha again yeah. seeing all oh, those old pictures like of reen and learning that <laughs> reen had waited for gugu all her life like until she died she stayed unmarried waiting for gugu just knowing she's that she's wearing for sure. the ring mm. she's wearing the ring yeah oh yeah. man <sighs> That, yeah oh my gosh it's so that was a big oof so sad and 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 gugu finally got the crayfish mask like i never thought that right. would be a thing me neither <laughs> yeah that was also very sweet oh but also people suck you know like for sure i like to think the world is sometimes a little more understanding but also there's some just really cruel people no matter the age and just I don't know. I guess I also wouldn't be surprised if someone was bullied for something like that in the same way that Gugu was. So it's just yeah. kind of sad to see. Absolutely. But what was awesome to see was that they have this festival in Takenaha every year where they honor Gugu. Yeah. That was so That was awesome. That was so touching to me yeah, <laughs> seeing so that insane. hundreds of years later there's this massive festival every single year where they're just celebrating Gugu's honor. So, yeah, incredible, especially considering what his life was like back then. Like, he was shunned by everyone mm -hmm. who saw him. But now, yeah. it's like the opposite. Everyone's they celebrating love him. him. They love him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, so great. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it was, it was tough seeing him want to leave, and I, I felt for Fushi, but right. I, it was the right decision. I'm glad Fushi was able to let go in that aspect. Gugu was able, is able to be in a place where he feels more welcome. Right. I think this allows both Fuji and Gugu to grow. Yeah. And yeah, now they, they can still talk to each other. They thank goodness for modern day technology. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just great. Like, yeah. I, I just think they're in a much better place now. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. I, I wasn't expecting this, I guess, Gugu focus. Uh, no, I wasn't either. In this arc, kind of, in general. But... But yeah, what we got in this volume was absolutely amazing. I agree. Although I will say, before this volume, I did feel like Gugu wasn't really doing much. And I was like, okay, well, what's up with Gugu? Like, let, True. You know, can we get a little bit more of him? And, and this was not where I expected it was going, but it was nice yeah. to give him something to do and you know, something emotionally impactful as it was. Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about March next. She started school 
and, yeah. and she was off to a pretty bad start there with the girls. Uh, that was pretty sad. Facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> On the class photo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Poor Marge. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really honestly that made me really sad. Uh, like the beginning of it that. Did too. But but then seeing you know after she befriended like well she she played with Mimori which was something I wanted Mimori. to happen. Um. So that was great to see Mimori kind of save the day and and she even seemed to become friends with those girls that were kind of mean to her before. So yeah. I, I love I love how sweet that was. Like it all that was great. All ended well. <laughs> it really did. Thank you, secret attention grabbing technique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. It actually saved the day that time. Kind of. <laughs> Her face when she puts the stickers on the album. I, oh mm. gosh, that's that smirk. Just, yes. just like yeah. <laughs> I'm an artistic genius. Yeah, like, right? It's so good. <laughs> so satisfied. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else on March? Yes, but it also has to do with Echo. All right, go for it. I just freaking out over chopsticks use, and <laughs> yeah. but you know that when Fushi comes in, it comes back to the home and just sees <laughs> Echo in a rage and, <laughs> and basically March dead on the ground. Like it, <laughs> that was that was hilarious. It was hilarious, but also made me really worried, like for a second. Yeah, like, <laughs> true. <laughs> what true. the hell like, happened? What happened? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Uh, and yeah, just both of them at the at the table, well, especially Echo, she just went nuts. Just <laughs> she could, I mean, chopsticks, man. I guess I guess you just got to get the muscle for it. I don't know. I mean, like little little kids don't just automatically know how to use chopsticks. There's training chopsticks, but still. It's, right. <laughs> it's just funny to see their reactions to it all. Yeah. <laughs> but then they finally do it. And that was great. That was beautiful. It was. Like, yeah, it was great. It was also like a nice lesson of seeing growth and going through life. For sure. Uh, did you like when Fushi kind of pictured March growing up? Did you? It was neat to see, but all, but also like sad. I don't know. I, I liked it because uh, because I think in that moment it really did a good job at visualizing kind of what Fushi was struggling with mm. internally at the time. So for that, I really liked it. Yeah, that's fair. Plus, it was, yeah, it was also fun to see March in different yeah. stages of her life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, we do have the Volume 2 cover art, which also has her as an adult. But True, we do as well. But this, got, mm-hmm. this, this gave us a bit more. Oh, but oh, actually, you reminded me of that. It makes me think, like, she could actually become a mommy eventually, right? Maybe? Absolutely. I believe she will. I hope so. She's gotta. Before the, the whole series is over, she will have become a, a mother. Like, hands down. Otherwise, Oima has failed. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, that's all I have. Sorry. Cool. Um, any other characters you want to talk about? Hyro ga- graduates and he oh. gets a bike. Yes. Um, I also just like his, his relationship with Gugu and how he just kind of st- stood up for him. Uh, didn't, yeah. didn't think they would be as close as they seemed to be, but... Right. That's nice. Actually, speaking of that, I was wondering if maybe at least Hyro has developed some romantic feelings for Gugu. I that Wait, was something. Wait, really? Yeah. I I huh. started thinking about on the graduation day when he mm-hmm. said like like he's going to miss Gugu the most or whatever however he expressed it. 
Plus also, I guess, how close they have become. I, obviously, it's not necessarily rom romantic feelings at all, but I couldn't help but think about it a little bit, just the, po the possibility of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to your point, like, he was pretty popular with the ladies, but he never acted on that, so... Right. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> then moving into predictions then. And next volume is going to be volume 18, which will be the sixth volume since we started this modern day, present day arc, kind of. Ah. And looking at how the story has been structured and kind of paced before, mm -hmm. it's always kind of been a six volumes per era, kind of in a way. Because oh. volumes one to six was kind of the Pioran and Hayase era. Then seven to mm. 12 was kind of the Kahaku and Bon era. And now ah. 13 to 18 supposedly might be this era obviously this isn't necessarily the case but i guess i guess if if it doesn't necessarily change eras after volume 18 then at the very least i expect maybe a, a short time skip like we've discussed the possibility yeah. of having mm -hmm. like a four or so year time skip so that not only right. can we get to see all these younger characters grow a little bit older which i think would be neat but also a timescape like that would mean that we would probably get to see the end of the beholder kind of or well seeing him fully become satoru mm -hmm. and i mean that's got to be something we will get to see right i feel like we got has to we be. got it yeah mm -hmm. so so actually in in this arc's case i guess maybe it, it won't be a, a, a shift in eras but maybe just a little timescape of four years or so um yeah but i am at least expecting volume 18 to be kind of a big climax volume similar to how we had the Janan the, the Jananda in volume 6 and the end of Renriel arc in volume 12. I'm I'm expecting some big something big something kind of like an the ending of a of a of a larger arc like this. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Um I totally forgotten about the six volumes things, but I think knowing that it just makes sense and I think it it where the story and where the the cliffhanger is um I think it it matches well uh, with how other kind of second to last volumes have gone down for the story. Right. Thinking of the of the Bone era, I'm pretty sure the cliffhanger before that final volume of that of that era, I, I'm pretty sure like Fushi was basically sucked in all. You know, he was just like the blob. You know, uh, the, the, the <laughs> ball. Right. Yeah. 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 Like that was the cliffhanger, and then Mar March March comes in and to save the day mm -hmm. but that was a pretty big cliffhanger this also kind of has this kind of yeah kind of same feel kind of the second last volume right, really big cliffhanger yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know i could be wrong maybe there's something even bigger that's that could happen but yeah. <laughs> that feels like it feels like a pretty big moment and plus we saw hana's eyes even if it is a different angle. So, I mean, mm. that's, I don't know, that's pretty big. It is. I agree. <laughs> it is. And I, I'm still kind of mad at myself for having missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, well, you know, me being the Perona simp that I am, <laughs> how could I even miss that? True. Yeah, if you had missed that, that would have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm, all, I'm probably going to predict, though, that, like, in, in addition to the next volume being a big one, like, probably ending a big arc like this, I'm also going to predict that Misoha, I think her life is going to improve. It's going to get better. Hmm. I think I'm going to go out and say, however, I don't think her life is going to become, I guess, ideal 
Um, like mm. she's still gonna have struggles. Maybe something similar to Mimori's situation. Mm. I think if, if I'm gonna say anything about, I guess Mizuha's outcome by the end of the next volume, I think that's gonna be my guess, or by the end of this arc or whatever. That that's my guess mm-hmm. for her. Do you have any ideas for or thoughts on what you think her uh, end here is gonna be? Uh, not necessarily the end of the whole story, because maybe the next arc is gonna continue her with her. Uh, right maybe in an older age or something but for now like for this age or whatever for her i think that's it's gonna be something like that yeah um i think previously i had wondered if they would do like a four-year skip but they would still continue the mizuha knocker knocker control mizuha in a way um like it would take more time for that story to develop um but this where it is right now does feel like uh, we're heading into the end of that. We're ending into some sort of conclusion there. Mm. Um, and maybe she'll come to some sort of realiza- realization. But on the other hand, maybe she does get away um, and still hasn't changed. I- I'm not I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, mm. But if we do get a conclusion here, I would hope that she comes to a recon- re- reconciliation with her friends. They you know, or she relies on them. And then in the end, she improves her relationship with her mother. You know, I'm still unsure if the, if somehow the Phi or Izumi's Phi get, kicks out the knocker. I don't think that's possible. Right. Um, I'm just, I'm so confused about all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly confusing. But I do think there, there needs to be some sort of moment between those two especially after they went through all the trouble of getting the photos and everything like true just it just feels like you know it's not you can't leave it untouched you know they they gotta address it again definitely i hope so and yeah i can't remember if if it was the previous volume or the one before that but there was a recent volume anyway where it was actually it was probably the previous one where Izumi's Fi, we just kind of saw her walking away, kind of laughing to herself. And we speculated right. about, does that symbolize her leaving this world and going to paradise? Mm. I'm still kind of afraid that that may have been the case. And if that is the case, oh, then maybe yeah. we won't be able to get a conclusion like this. Which, no, I agree, it would be really not, nice no. if we could get that. But... I also mm. wouldn't be too surprised if we don't get it because obviously this story has been brutal in those ways before. True. So true. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I I forgot that 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 was another possibility. Like for some reason, I I thought because I, I knew she had left, mm. but I guess my like head was that she was still around. Right. I mean, and maybe she still is. You know, she might still be. Well, she could be. But but you're right. There's still a strong possibility that she just moved on. Mm. But you know, I, I'm still I'm still kind of headcanoning that she she hasn't given up, um, and that she's still around, and we just you know Bone's not here to tell us if she is there or not. Uh, right, right. So that's yeah, true. I guess that's just my my thoughts on that. Nice, nice. I think I think just because you're saying that, then I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my prediction in terms of her situation is that she did move on to paradise just j- uh, j- just so that we have the uh, contrasting predictions about her sure it'll, it'll I mean, make it more fun <laughs> i think that's still definitely a possibility still right no absolutely like... I, I see both as possibilities absolutely yeah. but it's more fun to have one thing that you believe in a little extra <laughs> and to have contrast you're right ones too. you're right it definitely be a, a more painful one 
that's right. for sure. But mm-hmm. that's not, you know, unheard of for this story at all. Precisely. I, I guess I already mentioned this one, but I feel like they'll use kerosene to take down the the fake Fushi. Yes. Um, and I those those four girls in the in that room are gonna have a big part in that. And yeah, I don't know what's gonna go down with Tonati exactly. Um, I I I feel like she'll be okay. But I also, if we're getting like a time skip of some kind, well, okay, hear me out. Hmm. So what if we do get that time skipped and he, Fushi sends off uh, the beholder, he becomes Satoru, oh. and, you know, he starts understanding more of his powers or whatever. Maybe the next part of his growth is the family thing. Right. And that's when the whole Tonari shipping really commences yeah so we had to have the time skip in order to get to that maybe yeah so yeah i mean obviously obviously they wouldn't you know get married right there. i'm just saying like but yeah no the, for the, the romance, romance to begin part. right right exactly i i do exactly. agree that would be super nice oh that would be so nice <laughs> yeah yeah that's all i got awesome awesome well then we made it through the 17th volume of To Your Eternity. Woohoo! And man, I am excited for the next one. Not just because of the cliffhanger, but also because of how, I, how I'm... I, I feel like it's going to be like a, an arc ender in, in a way. Yeah. So it's so exciting. Agreed. Um, and, you know, talking it over like this and still not getting all the answers that I, that I want. <laughs> I'm kind of like really impatient for this next one. Um, mm. much, so, much more so than the previous. I mean, yes, I was excited to get the next volume after reading volume 16, but the way volume 16 ends is just Fushi's going home. Like, you know, it wasn't that crazy. Mm. But yeah, for me, this one is just all the stakes are here uh, for the time being. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ready, ready to see how it all comes together. If, if the 18 is the, the arc conclusion. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's so juicy. Um. And, well, before we end this episode, I figured I would give a bit of an an announcement to the dedicated listeners who have made it to the end of this episode. Next week, we are starting to cover a new manga on the podcast. I know we pretty recently started covering Jujutsu Kaisen, but, well, we wanted to do another one as well. We're not going to stop Jujutsu Kaisen, we're still going to do that one as well, but we wanted to... to begin covering a another one in addition to Jujutsu Kaisen. And the first one out of those is coming out next week. I may actually have spoiled uh, which manga it is to one of the guys on the Discord server. Um, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and not saying who, but yeah. Uh, to everyone else, I, I figured we'll let this be a surprise. But in a week, <laughs> we'll have a new manga discussion for a volume one of a manga series out on the podcast. One that I'm super excited for, by the way. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all on that. Uh, any final words on the volume or in general, James? Nope. I think I'm good. Sweet. Me too. Then, if you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. And it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. If you liked this episode, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time, and we'll talk about Volume 18. Bye-bye! See you later!
uh, actually, I, I I forgot one more thing. I I bought the volume. Oh, you bought the volume and, for the first time. I've never done that before. I did. I did for the first time. Sweet. Uh, and I forgot it over my bookshelf. So give me one sec. <laughs> oh. 